Hi, this is episode 61 of the Reading Cove Book Club's podcast. If you're a book lover who may be interested in joining our online book club, please visit our website at thereadingcove.com. For December 2015, we're discussing Annie Freeman's Fabulous Traveling Funeral by Chris Radish. So hi, I'm Millennia in Florida. And I'm Roberta in Georgia. And Roberta and I are members of the Reading Cove Book Club, and we're here today to discuss uh, our December Cove pick, Annie Freeman's Fabulous Traveling Funeral by Chris Radish, and it's our 181st pick. Uh, chosen by Cove member Cheryl, who lives in Arizona. So, what did you think, Roberta? I had read this book a long, long time ago with uh, one of my face-to-face book clubs. So, But it's been so many years ago and so many books ago that it was, like, brand new to me. Right. And I've read a couple of her, um, the author's other books, but it's been a long time, so I couldn't tell you, you know, that much about them. But... She definitely has a different style for most people, and I think it's either you're going to love it or you're not going to. <laughs> that it just has a um, something different from the run-of-the-mill woman's fiction, even mm-hmm. though basically that's what she's written. All her novels I've read so far or mm-hmm. would be categorized in women's fiction. Right. But but overall, I, I liked it. It's just um, the subject matter seems kind of rough with funerals and all but there's a lot of humor and uh, uplifting points to it also right yeah so it's the story of annie freeman who is basically dead when you start the book she's passed away and she wants to assemble a group of her closest friends to scatter her ashes in places that are important were important in her life that's pretty much the premise, which is an interesting premise. And I was looking forward to reading it, but it just wasn't, I didn't find it engaging. And I noticed lately, I'm not a fan of flashbacks, stories that are told mostly through flashback. Right. I noticed that it, it kind of throws me out of it and it, it makes me not really get into it. And I think that's what happened with this book. I wish we had met Annie when she was still alive and that she croaked you know, at some point in the book. And then, you know what I mean? Because then I feel like I would have been more interested. Yeah, that, that if it had gone in a more more linear... Uh, exactly, if we knew her. Because it starts off where you don't know her. So right. I, I just never cared, really. But like I said, but like I said the, the author's style really is sort of different. But, you know, another, and I can see that. I think some people like books that go back and forth in time and others don't, you know, and there is a wide variety out there. It's usually easier, at least for me, to follow something that's in chronological order. And I can deal with things that are some in flashback, but not too much because then a lot of times um, I'll get sort of confused about where we're at, y'all have to pay really close attention to look at the what year or what thing we are in. So this, you really did have to pay close attention because it would be different times and it would also be different characters, Annie and somebody else a lot of times. So yeah. you have to look and see what, when when did she know this person and what brought them together. Yeah, I don't think that it was difficult to follow because she was basically building the relationships and showing you Annie's relationship with each of the women um, from in the past, right? right? 
And so I could follow it. It was more a pace killer for me. Yeah, yeah. That's that was my problem is that when when you're you start off the story in the present and then you keep going to the past to make the character development and build the relationships by sh- taking us back in the past, it just kills the pace. That's true. And that's what lo- loses me. You know, that so my experience trying to read it was just like, oh my god. You know, like I want the story to keep going. In other words, you know what I mean? Like you said, be more chronological so you feel like you're getting somewhere instead of stop everything, hold the phone so we can go back 20 years, you know? Right. (laughs) Or, or, you know, after you said that, I was thinking, well, perhaps that she could have had things in the past, but she, instead of just having it that happened back there, maybe one of the women could share a, a chapter on this is how I got to know it. Annie, open up and say, yes, this is how I got to know Annie and what what she meant to me. And it be in the present. Right. Yeah. And and then you don't, I anyway, wouldn't get the sense that the pace is just not, you know, it's just dead. It's just stopped. So it has to be very interesting to hold my attention if it's written like that. And I, I just don't think it was all that necessary with this. You know, I feel like it could have started with them as teens or young, you know? Yeah. And, and built. And I think that would have made it even more emotionally compelling when she dies and she tries to get them all together this way. Right. So that was my long and short of it. Well, as I said that some people don't mind this and uh, maybe she thought she'd make it a more leisurely read, but it's usually that unless the book's like a big doorstopper to me, I, as you said, I don't want a, a slower pace. I'd like to not, you know, move along uh, a too rapid a thing, but then right. have something, as you say, keeps me engaged and keeps me moving through the book and wanting to hurry up and finish it. And as I said, I, I gave it a B. I said I, I enjoyed it overall, but it, I probably would have given it an even higher grade if it had been, like you said, a little bit more uh, with, compelling. compelling, you know, with set of so many flashbacks with the, along with what was going on in in the present time. Right. With them getting together to go to travel to all these different places. And then, you know, while they were doing it, it was, you know, I think meant to be inspirational. Right. Um, but it just kind of painted Annie into this like perfect porcelain dead woman. Well, I mean, I think that happens even in real life that sometimes somebody that was far from perfect or or had their own little quirks that after they're dead then people are (laughs) going to remember the really good things about them and make things sound even better than they actually were right but i mean in the the way it was written it i feel like we could have been shown that she was this wonderful person instead of feeling like you're just being told right like you're supposed to it's a given and yeah. all these women are just gonna share their relationship with her and but it you're just I don't feel like you were shown that she was this wonderful person no not not as much yeah as, as in other cases that's that's true so from the group I'm not sure if we've heard from too many people about it I know a lot of people were still reading it Right. Um, but we're going to the discussion starts today online. So we'll see, you know, how everyone what everyone else thought of it. But between, you know, you gave it a B. I gave it a C. I thought it was kind of meh. Um, I mean, s- some of the characters I could were really 
interesting, you know, in certain ways to me that even though poor Marie couldn't join them Mm -hmm. uh, right away, I thought, you know, that's got to be a really, really tough job. You have to be a real special person to work with dying people. Yes. I I just could not do that. Me neither. You know, someone's got to be there, but but it's not me. (laughs) I mean, I would just be... Uh, an emotional basket case. I wouldn't even want to go that way. It's, it's not that you don't care. It's like you in, internalize things so much that y- you would be a, a mess and, and uh, after a short time, or I would be a mess after a short time. Right. So I have to really admire Marie that she had a, a special talent to work with people like that and, and make it a little bit easier for them, you know, especially these ones that they weren't just old and, and dying, but they were in their prime and, and had hit, been hit hit really hard. At, and they just didn't go softly into that good night. They had to, you know, really suffer for a while. Right. And then the other thing that really touched me is um, Catherine had already lost her mother, mm-hmm. but then when she and her mother had a conversation, when I guess Catherine was a fairly young teenager, and it was like, at the time, everybody else's mother seemed to have a career and and had all these you know fabulous things going on, and she she was kind of upset with her her mom like well you know, how can aren't you just bored to death that all you do is take care of us and take care of the house right. and then she finds out the truth about why her mother's doing that because her mother had. A horrible childhood with the alcoholic mother right and to her the most important thing in her life was to have like a family where she could be there for the children and be there to make sure everything went smoothly and went well and um, so i think catherine wasn't able to appreciate that she wasn't well you know when, when when we're teenagers we really don't appreciate our our family like our mother or our grandmother and sometimes because we just see what they're doing through the uh, eyes of somebody that doesn't have that much experience. And we don't understand everything that went before that, that changed their lives. And because they don't have, you know, usually you don't have any contrast to it. So you take, it's easy to take it for granted because it's just the way things are. Right. And it's not until you, you know, maybe become friends with someone who has a very different home life and you get to have some kind of a contrast to then develop, oh, a sense of appreciation for what you have, you know? Right. But, um, yeah, we often don't. And she, she, that's why she wasn't able to appreciate that her mom was there at home, you know? And her mother had tried to protect her, too, because she never told her until this time when she was when Catherine's practically attacking her like how can you be like this <laughs> she she never knew what her you know what her grandmother was really like she tried to protect her from that didn't want to say things about her the grandmother even if if it was the truth right. so she, her her mother was somebody you have to admire yeah that she saw what she needed to do in life she wasn't going to join the rest of the herd i think her mother was one of the few people that you saw in the book that was actually content with their life. She was actually happy right. with life where other people, a lot of times they were always searching for something or trying to move ahead and their career and everything else was, was more important. Yeah. And, and Catherine being an uh, attorney, the, the, the book opens with her 
Right. And I found that very strange. The, the scene with her in the bra and the UPS person at the door and then she falls into her arms. I was thinking, okay, <laughs> this, this is supposed to be some kind of like comedy, you know, or something. Well, I said, yeah, that add uh, a little bit of humor to um, offset the darker situations of the book. Right. <laughs> it made you think about these people too. I think they made all the characters think about well, you know, here Annie wasn't old and she was usually an active, vital person. And here she was cut down in her prime. So they had to think more about their life. They just couldn't work and work or do these other things because they, they've always done because you never know that you may never get a chance to do them if you keep putting them off and off and off. Right. And I think it's, you know, it was nice that that even though it, it, it was a lot bigger than most people expect, but it was nice to have a way to celebrate her life instead of just the typical funeral. Right. Yeah, and for them to meet each other because none of them really knew each other. No. Right. It was a nice way for them to see the other people that had been uh, important to Annie. Their Annie wasn't like somebody else's Annie, the the relationship they had a lot of times too for good or bad it does have a lot of thought-provoking topics like right. if if you knew you were going to die for your funeral what would you do i don't know anybody could afford to do anything this big <laughs> but still have more of a celebration of life than mourning the death than a traditional type of funeral yeah you know the funeral like they said the funeral is for the living but some of them are harder to get through than others. Yeah, yeah. So have you thought, would you want to have a traveling funeral? Do you want to be cremated? I want, Yes, I would like to be cremated. But no, I don't think I want to travel so much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, um, I would like people to do something fun, to have a party, just sort of a celebration of life with, with lots of different music. Lots of different mm, music. Yeah, yeah. I, I know you like Motown. Well, yeah, yeah, they can have Motown Memorial. That would be Motown Memorial. You know, at the Motown Memorial at the Methodist Church. <laughs> right? That's right. Celebration. Yeah. Well, I could and I could invite uh, and tell them to invite. See, this I got. That's you got me thinking. I could um, get them to invite the people from down the street at the St. James United Methodist Church. Um, that's a predominantly uh, African-American church, mm -hmm. get them to come over and sing some of the Motown too. They would probably be better than, I love my, my other choir buddies, but I don't think they could sing Motown. <laughs> sing Motown you know? Yeah. You know, you just have to look into these things. <laughs> but as for me, I don't really have, I don't care. <laughs> It's like whatever whoever's burying me wants to do. That's that, that's gonna be on them, right? You know, I'm gone. So, <laughs> so you're not gonna worry about. It. Yeah, I want them to do whatever they will make them happy. Okay, so that's our discussion of Annie Freeman's fabulous traveling funeral by Chris Radish. Um, thanks for listening, and always leave us your comments and tell us what you would like to have happen for your funeral. Um, and if you've read this book and what you think. And stay tuned for our next episode. Um, next time we're discussing A Song for Izzy Bradley by Karis Bray. Bye. See you next time. Bye.